The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Adjacent... You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. What do you think is the worst podcast or radio? I'm not talking about naming a specific show or person or something, but the worst type of content you can hear. Like for me, if... Um, I can't listen to somebody playing a trivia game on a radio show or a podcast. Mm-hmm. That to me is just like, this is moving really slow. Unless this is right in my wheelhouse, this is a very niche topic that I just, I can't get into. You sure I can't name a specific show? Because I have one in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Let it rip, man. No, no, no. I won't talk about what sucks. I don't like when people like do like they get to like singing and making songs and stuff. I, I just I don't I don't like why it. that's good. Yeah, I don't like it. Oh man, I don't like some it. of the I, best some of the best stuff Levitard show did was ten or fifteen years ago doing parody songs about the Dolphins. Nah, I've never liked it. I like sports and music way too much. So when you intertwine them <laughs> okay. with someone who can't do both, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's fun to make fun of though, so that works, you know. Do you ever have, I mean, you're Herb, you're on CHGO, you're on The Bigs, you're on all, I've heard you on The Score, seen you on TV, you do all these different things now. Do you mm-hmm. ever have one of these moments, why am I drawing a blank on the guy's name that we've been talking about like crazy that was singing the national anthem? Carl Lewis? The Olympic guy, thank you, Carl Lewis. I was thinking Michael Ooh. Lewis, the author. I'm like, that's not it. So I think we've talked about Carl Lewis like once a week for the past month, even though it's happened in 1993. <laughs> And I love the moment where he's singing this, and he knows it went if bad. You have to and he goes, stop the national anthem. Uh oh. He said, "Hold on, hold on, I'm gonna get it." <laughs> uh oh. There it is. Do you ever have that happen where you're on here or somewhere else, and you get started, or maybe it's even in a press conference, you're mid question, and all of a sudden that that pilot in your brain goes, "Uh oh, this isn't good." <laughs> Only when I'm like. Like I try to get like detailed about something and then you forget something important, like the person's name, like, like a couple of times this season, like just now like, when I forgot Carl Lewis's name. Yeah. Like I'll <laughs> like get that deep down. I'm like, you know, I'm talking about the bears offense and the bears offense. And I can't find Luke Getze anywhere in space. I can't <laughs> find it. Like, I just can't, I can't get it. And I was like, Oh my God, I was on, um, I was on football night in Chicago. Uh, actually, that record recorded that today with David Hall, and he was he was talking about who I thought was um you know most underrated Bears player. And I was trying to get to Andrew Billings, and in my mind I can't get there. And I'm like, oh my god, like we're on TV, like get to it. And it probably can't be to your point. It probably didn't take as long as I thought it took, but in my mind, I it, it took me forever to find it. And it's like I, I'll have to watch it to see if it actually took as long as it felt like it took. 
oh, a one second pause feels like forever. Mm-hmm. It does in that situation when you're live. It really, really does. Um, I, you know, I'll go back a little bit. I do like when Spiegel sings because he's he's actually musically inclined. Like, so when okay. he does all the songs, because he's put together, you say, <laughs> when he puts together a song, it tends to work out, but there are others that, that don't work out. I know Crom likes to play around with it. That's no good. <laughs> I've been in the recording studio when Speaks is in there with Danny Parkins and... Yeah. um as someone that used to major in music, it was an experience and a different type of torture. <laughs> but at least he owns it. At least he knows that. He has no disillusion of what he is. I've had so many times, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily what you're saying right now, but I've had so many times at work over the years, over almost 20 years now, where I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, am I the only one that realizes how bad this is? What we're making right now, whatever we're producing or writing or video, am I am I the only one here between me and whoever else I'm on with and the cameraman or whoever's editing or whatever boss we have that's going to see this? Am I going to be the only one that knows this bad? This is bad. That can't be true. That was the first thing that I learned in from my drama teacher when I was in high school. I used to, well, I was, I was about to tell her and say what I used to do. I was in one play in high school. Um, but really? I did take drama. Were you in? Of course, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I was Reverend okay. Sykes in To Kill a Mockingbird. And um, uh, our drama teacher, we had this whole theater company at, at Whitney Young. Um, you should have been a dolphin. Mr. Canapa was his name. And the first one of the first things he taught me was like, yo, nobody in the audience knows exactly how this was supposed to look so if you mess up a little bit on stage don't be like oh my god like just find your way back and as long as you don't like completely drop it probably nobody will pick up on it you know what i mean we'll know back here whatever but the audience itself won't necessarily know and so i try to remember that when i feel myself kind of like losing something it's like okay just how can i get my way back to where i want it to be and usually it works i like to i like to go back and watch my tapes i don't know if that's like narcissistic or if it's just like watching like game tapes to try and improve but i go back and watch and i was like oh that wasn't wasn't as terrible as it felt in the moment it usually is never as bad as you thought it was or as long of a pause as you thought it was i've gotten to the point where i don't like re-watching or re-listening to hardly anything unless it really really made me that i do unless it really really made me laugh at the time then whatever it was, not that what I said was so funny, but my collaboration either on here with Russ or with you or something mm-hmm. on the radio with Lawrence or on Levitard show was so funny to me that I want to hear it again because it was funny to me and it will make me laugh again. But other than that, it's I look at it as if it went badly, I never want to hear it or see it again. I just want to move on from that. And that's one of the great things about this field where. When you're on the radio or you podcast or you write, there's some things I I have written where I'm like, this just isn't great. This isn't good. And the great thing about all of those mediums is it's done and over with. And there's another one. There's another one, another one, another one. And there's always another one. This is not, these aren't like books where it's like, where it's as if I write a book and I might only write two books in my life. So they better be really good. Or I paint a portrait right. or something. And if this right. one isn't good, you know, painters only paint so many portraits, at least in this. I won't, 
be commissioned for another portrait. <laughs> it's over. And I look at it like that when it's good too. I, a lot of t- unless it, like I said, unless it's really funny and I want to hear it again because of how much it made me laugh. Even if it's good, it's over. That's it. If we do a good do episode remember- of this, it's done. It's over. We, I move on to the next one. I, I don't really want to stay in it, good or bad. And half the time, you don't even remember. Like Maybe this is just a, a me thing, but when uh, Jay and I will record I'm Fat, there will be someone like my girlfriend who will listen on, on the next day, and then she'll be come up to me and be like, this. And I'll be like, what are you talking about? She's like, you talked about that yesterday on the podcast. I'm like, I don't remember like anything that we talked about on this podcast yesterday. I know. I know I have a hard time sometimes sitting there working on because we have to turn in copy that goes with this for iTunes and things like that or Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts, I think it's called now. And I have to scan through it to remember everything that we covered on there because episodes usually 45 to 75 minutes long. And I do this on Wednesday nights. I go home, I go to sleep and I it's kind of it's kind of done. And then on Fridays, I when it when these episodes come out, I usually we'll get uh, texts from friends and family or tweets and things like that. And it's like, Oh yeah, we did talk about that. That's right. We did. Tony did say this or whatever. Yeah. For the sake of cutting videos and stuff, like I just have a log that I keep with just some basic times. Yeah. Just for clips for social media and stuff. Cause I know if I do those the next day, unless I'm taking notes, I will forget either what we spoke about or when we spoke about it. So I just, any way to idiot proof myself, I'm here for. You're so organized, man. You're so on top of things and organized and detailed. And it's going to be quite an adjustment when Tony Gill comes back. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Let's start the show. Welcome to Sports Jason. I'm Jason Leisure. Uh, Russ Dorsey, my co-host, is out because of the baseball winter meetings down in Nashville. So we got Herb Howard in, one of my best friends, one of my favorite people, and one of the funniest contributors we have on this podcast. I am always, always glad to be here. It's been, it's been a, it's been an honor and a pleasure. The few times you guys have had me on, you are certainly one of my best friends. I'm always happy to spend some time with you. So, what are we getting into today? It's not. The few times we've had you on, we've had you on, you've been on more than any other person, I think, besides me and Russ and Tony. I think you've been on more than camp and camp has been filling in for two months now. Yeah. (laughs) Rick camp is in to produce today. My girlfriend got it for me. That's great. He got what? That is great. Oh, the banner. Yeah. Rick camp from the I'm fat podcast with uh, Jay Zawoski. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't know Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Jay Zawoski. Um, and various other things. Rick Camp's been filling in for the last two months for us. Tony Gill will be back soon, and I cannot give you a hard and fast concrete details on that because I don't get hard and fast concrete details on that. Kind of shows up when he shows up. I feel like the fact that I am like eating a baked pork chop while we record qualifies me to be a guest on the I'm Fat podcast. I'm just saying. Yeah, it also disqualifies you from being on this show. We don't. This is this is a major point of contention over the years with Tony. I, I was going to say this is, if anything, this is filling Tony's role better than I have to this point. Yeah, not in a good way, not in a way that I appreciate. Herb. <laughs> Herb's had to go on mute. All right. Now. At least he has the decency I'll, I'll, to go I'll, on mute. No, I'll no, let finish it be your cold, bite, no please. Problem. Finish your giant no, no or problem. eat before the show. You know, Tony's slurping on cereal. 
is or oh, whatever he yeah a milkshake yeah yeah a milkshake. that's what it was i haven't had a chance to eat today like I you sound up. just like tony you sound just like tony there's a whole day worth of day to eat okay listen we all have jobs we all have stuff to do i haven't had a chance man like you know i rarely bring food to hallis and so when i'm yeah, what hungry, are you gonna do? you're gonna be eating a rack of ribs during a press conference next no, no i, I rarely bring food eat. up this there. is my break so, when I'm hungry, I either come to your desk begging for food or, you know, we'll have one of those long breaks and then we can go get food. Other than that, I haven't had time. I got up, I had some car stuff to do. Then I came to Hallis. Then I drove back into the city. I had to go straight to the barbershop to get my hair cut because I did TV, left from the barbershop, went to NBC, left from nice there, place. went to Whitney Young. It was alumni night. Uh, so I went to watch the basketball game there, the JV game. Uh, the first off game went to double overtime, which completely pissed me off because I only planned to be able to stay for the varsity game for like a quarter or a half so I can get here. And then the JV game goes for double overtime. And then I'm like, well, now I have to leave before the varsity game starts. Left, came here, got set up. And this is the very first that that bite was the very first thing I've consumed today. I so, feel like that's bad decision making and planning by you. I don't want well, you to go hungry all the way till 9 p.m., but, I mean, there's a whole day there where you could have eaten some food. I've got a good reserve on me. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll live. Okay. I, just, right. I didn't have time to find food, though. I have told Herb Howard this many times, Rick, but the mm -hmm. way I judge how on top of my life I am at the moment, just my day-to-day -day life, managing everything, is whether or not I bring my lunch to Hallis Hall. Because Warehouse Hall is located, I don't know if we've gone over this before, but where it's located, it's it's at the end of a long road of like an industrial yes. park, commercial park, office buildings. Yes. It's such a weird location. Uh, it's very far from any food. It's a 10 to 15 minute drive each way from there to any food. For sure. So, <laughs> so I don't ever want to do that. I don't ever want to give up. That ends up being maybe 45 minutes out of my day. And, uh, and I'm... And I'm thrifty. Uh, we're a house with multiple kids and singular income. So I prefer to bring my lunch. And if I'm on top of things, I have my I have a proper lunch. I've brought myself a salad and an apple and something else. When I show up without it, that's when things have that's when it's like I must be running frantically. I must have I must have been darting like straight from the shower to the car getting out the house. <laughs> What, when do you have the lunch? Because you mentioned a salad and an apple. I'm waiting for the lunch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a salad with grilled chicken. So there's protein in there. Oh, okay. So you're not My, just grazing. Let's talk about this. This will be good. My eating philosophy, and I somehow am somebody who is scrawny and fat at the same time. I just have the absolute, probably least desirable physique you could imagine. Because <laughs> I'm not particularly you know, strong and brawny and muscular, but I got the belly. Like my, my kids like to tease me and ask me when the baby's coming. And, uh, so if you want to look like that, here's how to do it. I, I usually try to eat very healthy for breakfast and lunch and that's it. And I think what has happened is between that and exercising moderately, I think that works up until a certain age and the certain age where it stops working is whatever age I am this year, I think, 39. So that doesn't, that seems to be a way of just kind of maintaining. 
Like what, what's your strategy for food for the day, Herb, other than I guess today it was don't eat until 9 p.m. at all. So before I tell you my strategy for food, I want to say to you, I'd never noticed what you said about your own physique until one day we were inside the PNC Center where the Bears do all their press conferences. And we're in there and you and head coach Matty Refluse are having just some friendly dialogue before the press conference starts. And he's up, you know, seated at the podium and you're approaching, you're at the table where we drop, where we drop off, you know, our recording devices or whatever. And you guys just have a little back and forth. And when I saw it, I was like, this would be a cool picture, not for anything that we care about, like right now, but like when you're done just throwing the scrapbook, I thought it would be a cool thing. So I was like, let mm-hmm. me just snap this picture. And then later on that day or the next day or whatever, I sent it to you. And I was like, yo, I just thought this was a cool picture. And you were like, I got to get in the gym. <laughs> Yeah, it was not a flattering angle. It was kind of uh it was it was a profile angle. It was from the side. So you could yeah. really see the silhouette of the uh the baby bump that I got going. Everybody has that angle. I had one I think it was a couple summers ago. I didn't even realize the picture was happening. And then I get sent it and I'm like, wow, that looking at that picture was as close as I've gotten to starting a diet in a long time. <laughs> How do we never know? Like, how do we never know how big we've gotten? Like, our clothes will always tell us and things like that. And we never really feel it. And like, and then you see a picture or your clothes, you're like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, who is that? And why did he eat the person I used to be? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Well, I think if you have if you have a significant other, whether that's a wife or someone that lives with you in any capacity, you're in a long-term serious relationship, they're probably not pointing that out to you no they're probably they're probably accepting that or moving on to someone else you know what i mean <laughs> i also feel like you tend to grow together so, like i don't feel like so if one they ha- person if they haven't really left bad. you then they kind of you think that you think it's mu- it's a mutual uh yeah I, like, it's like I don't a deal, see, I don't like a deal we make hey look look you're mm-hmm. you're still cute i'm still cute we'll both put on 10 pounds and call it even yeah, or you just don't really notice it. It's like you don't notice about yourself. Like you see that person every single day. And so, you know, y'all go back and look at a picture from like 10 years ago. You're like, oh, look at us back then and look at us now. But like in the time, I don't think you really notice it. Like I don't know how many couples are out there where there's like one person who's like over the course of the relationship has put on, you know, 100 pounds and the other person's in the gym every day. Like I don't know. Right. I don't know of a relationship that's like that. So you tend to just kind of gradually expand together. And it may look different for me than maybe for my spouse or whatever, but we both have gotten, you know, incrementally larger. And so I don't know that you want to say something about it. And plus, you just I don't know that you want to do that. Like, because sometimes you you you'll get a look and you might see your partner at like a certain angle or something like oh that. I don't know if that role used to be there, but you aren't going to say like, hey, babe, I don't think that role used to be there. <laughs> right. You're going to know your role and not say anything. Is that, is that new? <laughs> Is that new? No, I don't think that's a good. I, no, you know what I do is, is mouth. <laughs> I, I do what all the bad football teams do, especially when you get to this time of year and they show the graphic of all the teams and here's the teams winning the divisions. Here's the teams winning the wild card spots. Here's the teams that are actually close. And then at the bottom of the in the hunt list are the four win teams, the three win teams, yes. but they're technically only a couple games out. That's what I do is I am perpetually thinking, and this is probably true, 
if I lost 15 pounds, I'd be in good shape. And that doesn't feel like a lot. Doesn't. 15 pounds would be, you know, maybe a month or two of doing a much better job. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not at 39. I wish. Maybe. I maybe wish that early was 30s. Goal. That was true. But I keep thinking. I keep looking at it like that. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not that far away. I don't really need to do that much. I can get around to this. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're you're like 22 pounds and over and you're you're 39 and it's not going to be so easy to get that weight off. Are you saying no, you I'm are not. who you cover? I'm saying you I'm just perpetually uh, pretending to be in the hunt of having a good body. You're, you're so, bears yes. fit. You're bears fit. You are bears fit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they have something called that? Isn't that the name of a gym in the Chicago area that they have? Probably. Maybe. Like I saw Careful, a post I don't today. want to have any copyright infringement. I, I saw a post today that said, like, I wish I was as fat as I was the first time I thought I was fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. the first time I was like, oh, you're getting big. I Right now, yeah. I wish I was that size. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like the comedian Nate Bargatze was saying uh, in one of his stand-up pieces that when he looks at the before and after pictures for these these P90X things, he's like, the, the before guy looks like he's doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy. Where, where's the program he took to look like that? For real, for real. 100%. Sports Adjacent Man. is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. They proudly sponsor Tony Gill, even when he's not here. So they, like me, eagerly awaiting the return of Tony Gill at some time. The only person not looking forward to that is probably Rick Camp, because then he won't. Hanging around as much, but what can't be you're in the rotation, man. You've done an amazing job. We're going to keep you in the rotation. You're going to be part of the show going forward, buddy. Thank you. And you appreciate that. And And I appreciate the sheets and giggles. Yeah. What do you think? Campy got his uh, his white striped Mm -hmm. sheets and giggles. Yeah. And members of the white stripes. And it was, it's a fantastic sheet set. Everything that you guys have said, I'm like, Okay, it's probably really good. I'm thinking like it's probably really good, but they might be talking it up a little bit and you guys are not. Like I am a warm sleeper. Like Herb said about himself, like I've got plenty to spare right here. And <laughs> so the cooling sheets, even in the even in the cold weather, are fantastic for me. So my girlfriend can have the comforter all over and I can deal with a little bit of the comforter on me, but also have the sheets. And those sheets are fantastic. She saw them and was like, oh, this is like, these are nice. When they feel nice. They look, they look classic. They do. And I appreciate yeah. that when you like open the packaging, it's like, hey, we know you're excited about these, but don't be a dummy and make sure to wash them first because that, <laughs> because otherwise that'd be gross. Yeah. So made sure to do that. Got those on the bed right quick. And they are, I'm so glad that we did. I love stuff like that. Like my favorite sushi place in LA, if you get it takeout, it comes in a box. And when you open the box, it has directions for how to eat everything. Like, hey, nice. we made you something really good. You know, don't be an idiot and just shovel this all down your gullet all in some random order. Here's what goes with what. Here's what order to eat this in. We've thought about this. You don't have to. Just listen to us. So I'm glad you got those, Campy, because. They people ask me all the time because we've been doing ad reads and we've been partnered with Sheets and Giggles for, I think, almost two years now. And people always ask me, like family and friends and stuff like, that. hey, are they really should I really? And I'm like, man, I'm telling you, this is I would tell you to get this even if we didn't have a deal with them, because Mm -hmm. it's so good. 
or whatever you were thinking it was going to be, it exceeded that. You thought this would probably be like the nicest sheets you buy at Target, like the, the more expensive ones at Target. And no, it's different than that. It's 100% eucalyptus, silky smooth, super comfortable. Get the sheet set right now through the month of December. You can go there and get their buy one, get one half off sale. Go there at sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. And you can use our discount with the promo code sports. You'll get $23 off. But this is such a better deal to buy one, get one half off. That's really what you want to go for. And then the fun thing about that is you're getting two. So, you know, you can buy one as a gift, but also maybe the half off one that's coming home to daddy. That's going to be, you know, that's going on your bed. Nah, look, we 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 all in this industry, we all do at reads and stuff like that and commercials. And we, you know, we sell them as best we can and try to sound as authentic as possible. These are le jet like they so like the first time i was here and y'all were talking about it i was like i think they're serious like i think they really do love these sheets and so i went ahead and ordered some instantly became my favorite sheet so i had to double back get some more but then you guys told me about the little throw blanket it's just like a little white you know throw blanket it's not a full comfort or anything like that that is that's my stuff like because i like i'm like you can't be i don't I don't like to be hot in my sleep. Like if I wake up sweating, then the night's over. Like I just turn the lights on, wake up, the whole thing's done, right? So that one in the summertime, that's my go-to on my bed. I'm telling you, it's a great gift too, because I'm always, especially the older I get, I'm trying to think of something to get for people I've known a long time, really close friends or my brother or my parents. Like, what do I get them? What do I get them that they don't? Because adults, usually, if you want something, you just get it. So you're not waiting around right. for Christmas. Like, I hope hope I get this Legos for Christmas or something like that. Like, what can I get that they're not going to have, that they're not going to think of, that they're going to be like, wow, sheets for a gift? That's kind of weird, but awesome. Wait a minute. They're really good. This is a great way to do this. So go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Take care of your Christmas shopping now. It is still early December. We are also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app. And by the way, Thursday night. So we're recording this on Wednesday. You guys will get it Friday morning. So we don't know what happened in the Thursday night football game. But Thursday night football this week, as bad as Thursday night football has been, I wonder if we will be sitting here Friday morning listening to this knowing that this was the worst because it's Patriots Steelers. And the over under for this game, Herb, is 30. Combined points between the two teams. When I saw that on Wednesday, Steelers, Patriots, over under is 30. So they're predicting a 16-14 game, for example, or whatever it would be. And it might be under. under. It might be under. If you thought 12-10 was bad, wait till you see 6-4 or whatever this ends up being. Is it Trubisky versus Zappi? Yeah. I I think so. I think it is. Just think about the Patriots. They played the Chargers who in theory have at least talent on offense. And that game was six, nothing six to nothing. That's surprising to me that the Patriots aren't tanking harder because I know Belichick wants to always make something out of nothing. He wants to show how good he is and he's super competitive and he's the greatest coach of all time. But you would also think he would be savagely practical about this. And be like, this is over. We're two and 10. I'm going to make sure we end up two and 15. Yeah, I don't know that but, he isn't. But they, they kept that one that. close, man. Yeah, I think they kept it close, but, like, they didn't score. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you got to try to not score in an NFL game. Like, you got to try to not score. I know Michigan beat Iowa in the Big Ten Conference Championship 26 nothing, also under 30. Um, but I think you got to try hard to not score 
in an NFL game. And people are like, oh, no, Belichick wouldn't tank. And it's like, how do you know that? He's never been in a position where tanking made sense for him. Like for 20 years, he had the greatest quarterback ever. And so now this would be the first opportunity to even find out, like, would he do that? Like everybody says, like, yo, I'm not a snitch. Well, have you ever been in an interrogation room? Like facing like years? Like if, if <laughs> then you'll find out if you're a snitch or not. Like we don't know if Belichick would tank or not because he's never had to. I would think he's too smart not to. Are we sure he has enough job security to do it and keep the gig? Mm. I wouldn't. You think, you think that Kraft he would? would fire him? There's a lot of BS thrown out throughout the course of a season, but there's been a lot from different places. It feels like over the course of the season, where it's too many different places for it to seem like none of it would be legit, even if it's maybe not to the extent that some have said. I think it at least has to be on the table. Interesting choice of words there for Robert Kraft. Bet MGM, you can go to their, you can download their app or go to betmgm.com. Your first bet with them, if you use our promo code adjacent1000, your first bet with them gets paid back in free betting credits up to $1,500 if you don't win. You can bet all the NFL games, the college football bowl games. Everyone's upset about all those and everyone makes fun of the, cheese it's or local realtor.com bowl or whatever but you know you're gonna watch those and you know you're gonna bet on them so do it at bet mgm use our offer with promo code adjacent 1000 and your first bet gets paid back in free betting credits up to 1500 bet mgm the king of sportsbooks hippie we were talking earlier about strategy for eating throughout the day mm-hmm. do you have a strategy or does it just kind of happen as it goes do you like, do you know right now what and when you're going to eat tomorrow? Or is it every day full of glorious surprises? I would say I don't have a set plan, but my most common uh, like eating timeline, I'm not a breakfast person. So before I leave for work, so I leave for work at around like 8.15, 8.30, I will... That's early. That's like how, that's when normal Dude, people go to work. Wow. I know. I'm, I know. I'm kind of a normal Yikes. person. Well, as much of a normal person as I can be like that, that's kind of what I am now. So I was scrambling Wednesday to get out the door at nine 30. Yeah. It's scrambling. I, I've, I've just gotten used to it. I mean, when I was working at the score, like I was working a 9am show. So they wanted me there by like 6am, 6.15. So I got used sorry, to get a, getting a Yeah. Wanted me you worked to be the 9 a.m. show and they wanted you there when? 6, 6.15. That's basically the night before. Yeah. Seriously. When I, did, I did like two months of a morning show. Like I was the third producer for Molly, and I think at the time it was Molly and Hanley. And so the show started at 5. I had to be there by 3.30 in the morning. I heard that would kill you. It, it, I heard, it I, heard no, I heard no amount of money is worth it. I've heard that from people mm-hmm. that those kind of shows, those early morning shows, I think a lot of them started maybe at six or seven. Yeah. But similar to what you're talking about, you age that, like that a president. Life, that life will ruin you. President. Yeah. It's, no, he's right. Ruined. He's talking about her, but he's saying like, you ever see the pictures of. Oh, like, no, I know exactly Bush. what he's talking about. Obama yeah, came into the office after. looking like a young spry black man. He left mm-hmm. looking like Morgan Freeman. Like, <laughs> you, you, like you can't like eight years did that to you no you can keep that job <laughs> yeah or or a month of doing the morning show probably does that to you 
Yeah, when I was when I was he's like three. When I was a part timer, and you're like, and then they're like, "Hey, do you want to fill in on the morning show for a week?" It's like you know you need to do it because you You want to be recognized and and you know all that stuff. But you're like, oh man, that's that's rough, especially when you're only doing it for a short amount of time. Like it's bad regardless, but if you're doing it for like a week or a couple days and then you have to have like one day of kind of recuperation and go back to your normal schedule. That's death. I hated that part of it. My job in college in the summers, I went to Tulane down in New Orleans, but then I would come back home to Chicago in the summers and I would work because it takes money to go to Tulane. And I worked at a factory making uh, cabinets and doors and things like that. And you had to punch in before 6 a.m. every day. And I'm telling you, you do not get used to that. No. Unless you're one of those people. You, it's. I think there's some people that that's what they're into. My mom is like that. I think my mom's probably up at four or five every day. And so it doesn't feel that crazy to her. That's kind of her routine. I have never been like that. I always hated getting up for school. I don't think that's that unique. I think most kids probably hated yeah. that too. But it takes over your life, Herb. That's one of those situations where you wake up every day and your first thought is, what time can I go to bed tonight? Which is a sad way to start the day. You spend the night then, like counting, like doing the math for how much I can, how many hours of sleep can I get? Like, if I go to sleep right now, I can still get like five hours. And then it's like four hours uh, and three hours. Like, oh my God, I can't do it's that. It's a like, disaster. A person. You, you start planning to, okay, I need to go to bed by about 9 p.m. to get a decent amount of sleep, which is very difficult to do, at least for me. And then what happens is you get into what you're describing. You get into this game where time gets away from you or you got something you want to do that night and you're going to bed at midnight and you're like, oh, no, I'm going to get five hours of sleep. And then you start getting anxious about that. Like, oh, man, I'm going to have no sleep. And then you can't sleep because you're getting worked up about that. And it gets to be 1230. And you're like, oh, no, four and a half hours now, 1 a.m. And I'm still not asleep. Oh, no. Now what? Am I going to just be up all the way until the alarm goes off? Like, man, that is, I can't, I can't live like that. I can't do that. And then the terrible things to your body you do to be able to get up and and be conscious for that amount of time too. So I mean like Red Bull or multiple cups of coffee. So when I was an intern, I was, yeah, right. I was an, when I was an intern, I was (laughs) doing the L on this one heart. Cause I need that (laughs) right time summer job. Right. I'm going to need you to step up on this one. (laughs) Like I was, I was doing school. Uh, I was doing a radio show at the school. Plus I was working like 30 plus hours, like this time of year at target. And I interned on Mondays and Fridays for Molly and Hanley and a Saturday in the midday. So there were times where I'd be getting off of work at target, working in electronics during the holidays at like midnight or 1am and have to be Mm -hmm. in at the time the score was at NBC tower and I had to be there by 430. So I was like, if I can't get two hours, I'm getting no hours. That that ended up being my my breaking point. Yeah, that is that is capitalism at its worst. Like I, right. I, I no, no, thank you. No, like like God did not put me here to work and die. Like no, no, thank you. I'm not doing it. Like whatever. You know what I mean? That that's that is crazy. And I'm a morning person, but I'm a morning person that likes to like I'll wake up early, but I'll still like to ease into whatever I'm doing. Right? Like it's like, yeah. It, Yes. Don't tell me I got to wake up and go like, no, just I'll wake up, but I'll wake up and chill. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No. Go when on. I have to get up early in August for training camp practices and stuff like that, uh, it's earlier than during the season by a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I build in 
an extra 30 to 45 minutes when I'm setting my alarm of this is going to be time where I'm just sitting on the couch drinking some coffee because I don't just spring out of bed. My nine-year-old does that. My nine-year-old, when she wakes up, she doesn't even need an alarm for one. She gets up early and she gets out of bed like a jack-in-the-box she's gone. or like a – yeah, like like when they like when they go to the end of the bench and they're like, "Get in there, Skippy!" Uh, for the, on a basketball game, right. just up, up and at them. Let's go. Let's do it. Ready to rock. And man, I just never have been like that. No, no, that's not that's not, that's not me at all. I need time. I am also mm-hmm. a notoriously long like like my morning poop and rinse takes a long time. Like okay. My entire life is taking a long time. You know what I mean? Like it's all like, and I'm I don't not for any reason. It's just I feel like it's my personal time. So I'm just, I just be chilling. Like I've handled my business. Yeah. I'm just sitting there chilling. I'm like watching YouTube or I'm like reading stuff or whatever. And then okay, it's like I think my leg is falling asleep now. I should probably get up. And then I'll get up. And then I got hop in the shower. And then this is. You know, this is 90 minutes later. You know what I mean? Like, I if I have to wake up <laughs> right. at 8, I'm supposed to be out of the house by, like, 8.45 or even 9. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, you're like my you're like uh, my other daughter, my 12-year-old. I'll get her up, and I'll be like, hey, we got to leave in an hour for whatever. And it'll be 30 minutes later, and she looks exactly the same way she did when I <laughs> told her that. <laughs> like, what's been happening during this time? I, I did. I, I've been getting ready. How? Me? It's like, How? Not only do you I not lose look all, I lose like it. refreshed or like washed or or combed or anything, you still look like sleepy, like you still like you just woke up. <laughs> right. What do you mean? Yeah, you just came out of your room. What have you been doing in the last thirty minutes? And you look exactly the same. I lose all sense of time when I get in the shower for some reason. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I am about to get in the shower and I'm telling myself, "Listen, self, this has to be a quick one. Five minutes in and out. Can't do it. Got to get to work. Pay attention, self." It. Listen to me. I come back out and it's like, how long was I in there? 24 minutes. Oh, no. Cannot do it. Like, and I tell myself the same thing sometimes. Like, okay, Harp, for real. We need to get in here. Get out of here, right? But I cannot do it. I have been self-diagnosed with OCD and I cannot deviate from my routine in the shower. Like, no matter what, like, I, I can tell myself a million times, like, you only got five minutes, 10 minutes. You got to get out of here. I'm going to get in there and there's going to be about seven minutes before I begin to lather my towel. Like, because I'm in there and I'm rinsing and I'm going through my whole little thing. Right. And this is like, I can't, for whatever reason, if I deviate just a little bit, I'll feel like, Oh, I'm not clean yet. I haven't done this right yet. And it's like, yeah, no, no matter what I can't, it's, it's bad. It's bad. I feel like I would get out of the shower after 24 minutes and someone asked me, why were you in there so long when you're in a hurry? shampoo, conditioner, soap, all that combined takes about two minutes. What did you do during the other 22 minutes? I'd have no answer. I'd be like, I don't know. No. Just, no, I wouldn't know. I just, no. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I would just, I don't know. I was just in there. It was comfortable. Mm-hmm. Maybe I blacked out for a while. I just don't know. Oh, don't especially know when it's cold that- out. Oh, Yeah. The hot shower, like when it's like right now where we're like bordering on freezing at the, as the high, mm-hmm. that shower in the morning, it's going to be really warm and it's going to be a long shower because like, I know for me, like if I, and I sound incredibly old doing this, but like for some reason, my lower back is always really stiff. So the first thing I do when I get in the shower is like, let that hit. Just- 
bend the under. Water hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's loosen up the lower back so that way I have a prayer of, of getting that washcloth like when I'm washing my legs. And then like, okay, now now we can get we can get along with the proceedings, but it's still gonna be a long shower because it's a great. So it's you also, are a hot shower in cold weather. Who's not when, a hot shower person? When it's warm, it's a lukewarm a shower. shower are you serious? I'm a one thousand percent serious. I do not hold on like hold on showering hold on. No, 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 in steaming on. hot water. Oh man, this is so weird. So Campy just said that he takes lukewarm showers when the weather is hot, temperate, right? Like fall, summer, and you said you. So what are you doing with the shower temperature, Herb? If it's not, I only I, know the shower. That's the only way the shower works. It's either on full blast hot or it's not on. I don't understand any other way of really? taking a shower than as hot as it goes. Really? Yeah, that's I'm like, shocked that's to like, learn that anyone anyone else takes like a shower a woman. any other way. That's like a woman. Like women, the women that I've experienced intimately enough to know how they shower, they like it mm-hmm. really, really hot. I'm like, hey, babe, you want to shower together? Across the board, every woman, no to all of them. freaking way. You're going to burn my skin off. There's zero chance of me taking a shower with you. Absolutely not so like but for me this guy really hates not give you a temperature i can't really give you a temperature but all i can say is it's it's at or below my body temperature like no what yes yes it's like it's like even it's like that's like lukewarm that's what campus that doesn't even have a little bit of bite to it no i don't want i don't want the bite like if i I put my arm in there to that's that's shocking to me and and my arm gets hot, it's too warm. I have to turn it until it hits my arm and it doesn't feel like anything. That doesn't then, okay, make, that's, that's what we want. I, I can't, my brain can't process it. So do, do you use, hot, do you do hot tubs and stuff? If you're on vacation, you're at a hotel, do you get yes. a hot tub? Yes, I, I can, I can, enjoy, I can enjoy a hot tub, but it takes me, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ease on in there and then I can, and then my body temperature will adjust and then I'll be fine. But if you're telling me like something I have, control of the temperature of every single day and i'm gonna do this at least once every day no i do not want it hotter than me i need a temperature i need a temperature reading i need a temperature reading on it next time next time you next time you go to take a shower grab like an instant read food thermometer and put it in the water i want to know what the reading is 97 what's your body temperature 98.6 or something like that yes right so yeah i like my water 98.6 degrees or 97 degrees. See, for I like me, it's mine seasonal up to the legal least. limit. What were you saying, Campy? Like for me, it's it's seasonal. When it's summer, like if I have that, if I have the shower too hot, my fat ass is going to be sweating by the time I'm toweling off. Exactly. So, That's my but, point. Right. But in the winter, like when everything is naturally colder, like of course you're able to, you sure. know, with your house and whatever. But when I'm naturally colder, no, then I'll go back to what I used to be and be like, Give me the heat. Give me the steam. Like I will take all of it then. But if it's warm outside, I can't be preheated before I'm going out in the summer. Like I'm not made for that. I will not survive. I'll need to bring a change of clothes. So here's the thing. Like I said, my pre-shower and shower routine is unreasonably extended. It takes way too long. However, once I get out of the shower, I can literally walk out of the door in five minutes, like 10 minutes tops. If I get out of the shower, I can literally get out of this house. It doesn't take me any time after I'm out of the shower. 
That being said, I tend to be running late once I got out of the shower because I'm like, okay, we need we got this much time to get in the shower. And then I got out of the shower and almost in, invariably it's 24 minutes past right. that time. And I was like, like oh my child. God. So now I'm closet, drawer, you know, mm-hmm. linen closet, cabinet, whatever. And now I'm around the house like this. And as a not small person, if I'm already at 105 degrees, I'm going to start sweating. And if I put on my undershirt, my tank top, sweating, you got to throw the whole day away. Like, I'm done with the day now. Like, I want to get back in the shower and go to sleep. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Jason look more offended than in he the is. midst <laughs> of this conversation. I'm not offended. I mean, do what you want to do in the privacy of your own home. It doesn't affect me. I am just, I just can't process it. I didn't know. This is totally revelatory to me. I didn't know that people took showers other than steaming hot. That to me is what a shower is. In the same way that ice cream is always cold, coffee is always hot, just the shower being full blast hot, that's just what a shower is in my mind. I can generally get out of the shower most times and see myself perfectly clear in the mirror. Like, got a shower, see myself perfectly clear in the mirror. It's not... That is altered wild, by steam man. or anything. It's even in the winter, especially when you say you do that in the winter time, because I could almost mm-hmm. go along with you saying cooler showers in the summer. I wouldn't do it, but I could almost go along understanding that. But in the winter, that's the last chance you have to be warm until the next day's shower. Mm-mm. Because if you live where it's cold, and I experienced right. this when I was in Miami and I would come to places like Chicago or Detroit or Boston or wherever for work during the winter. You're not you. I wouldn't be warm again until I landed back in South Florida. Because just even if you got heat in the hotel room or the house or you dressed appropriately, your feet are going to be cold all day, the full day until the next morning when you get to take a hot shower again. I also run hot. Like I'm very rarely cold. You know what I mean? Like I could wear shorts and a hoodie most of the year. I'm almost almost never have on a coat. Like like I'm. Like I can just, I'm, I just run hot. And so like if I'm in the bed and like cuddle and my partner's like, oh, it's really cold. Like my feet are cold. Can I put my feet on you? Sure. You can put your feet on me. I'm not hot. I'm not cold at all. Like go ahead. And like, oh, you're so warm. Yeah, that's fine. I'm your, your, your feet are ice cold. I do feel that, but it feels good to me. I'm cool. You can put your feet on me. No problem. Like, you know what I, mean? like yeah, I get called a furnace. I am a walking, talking furnace. I'm so disappointed. By what? That we aren't doing um, Dear Herbie. Oh, Come I on. didn't know if you wanted to do that all the time. All right. Well, we can do that more. We're not going to do it today, but I got <laughs> we, you'll, you'll be back. I don't have it prepared right. today. I put work into this, man. I go through and read these Dear Abby. I mean, I don't do the work of actually writing the Dear Abby question. Someone else does that work. But mm. I go through and look through them all and pick. All right. Here's one that'll work. Yeah. So and then I get to like three or four. It's not like I'm um old Mike Murphy radio thing where he would send emails to himself. And I always and- wonder I always wonder if the Dear Abby stuff is <laughs> really? like that. Yeah. I that cuz that to me would change everything about that job. If people are really writing in that crazy of questions all the time, then I feel like that's a very easy job. Yes. But if you have to come up with the crazy questions, that's tough. I have to make this up and then say, "Oh, this is from Rick in Illinois." Uh that's tougher. That's much tougher. I got to wake up every day and think of something crazy. 
That's hard to do. I feel like there are enough crazy people in this world that you don't have to make that stuff up. Like, I feel like the the truth is Maybe. usually a little bit more outlandish than, like, anything you can make up. Like, there are some crazy, crazy it people in this world. Not, like, as long as they're willing to write in and tell you, I think that they can give you more stuff, better stuff than you can even imagine in your own head. I saw a show. I don't know if this show is real or not. I saw it on social media, so maybe not. But it looked like a real game show where people go on the game show and they get paid to tell the truth, right? So they ask you a series okay. of questions. Every time you go deeper with a question and you're, you're like strapped to a lie detector test and you answer truthfully as determined by the lie detector test, you get this money and you go on to the next question. They okay. had this woman on there. And I don't know if every episode is like this or not. I only saw the one clip. I, I think I know which one they're talking about. And her husband is also there. Like he's just an audience member or he's on stage just or whatever. observing. Okay. He's just observing. She's the one in the chair. They are grilling this woman. And they start off like, hey, you know, you love your husband. Yeah. You know, do you find other guys attractive? Have you ever, you know, walked down the street and looked at another guy and thought he was attractive? Yeah, I've done that. And now she's getting up into like real money, right? And so as she gets higher into like real money winnings, they start cranking the heat up on this lady. And they start asking her about infidelity and do you love him? And do you wish you had married somebody else? And now, she, do you still love your ex? She's do you still love your ex? Have you ever slept with your ex? Have you ever slept with somebody else in y'all's bedroom? Jason, she's like, the truth is yes. Two hundred thousand. Two hundred like oh wow. And I'm like, she no, didn't need that gotta, money on her own. You gotta stay broke at this point. You cannot do that. You you cannot. You they cannot. used to they used to have that show on at my at the barber shop I went to because I am there and I and the guy's like, can, can you straighten up? And and I'm like, but did you hear? And he's like, yeah, I know, but I, I need you to sit up. <laughs> Crazy. I just yeah, got a wild idea like, for a show. Mm-hmm. Y'all trying to pay also, me to get divorced. No, right. You're only really? keeping half of that at best anyway. Football Roundup. Come on, it's time to play Football Roundup. Brought to you by BetMGM on a Sports Adjacent Podcast. All right, we're bringing back football roundup. I've missed this. We used to use this uh, every week during the football season to cover only the important news in the NFL. And, you know, we kind of got bored of it for a while, but there was so much important news this week that I felt like we had to get to it. Herb, you're an NFL reporter, so this should all be right in your wheelhouse. I wanted to start with the Cowboys, where their coach, Mike McCarthy, had an appendectomy on Wednesday and plans on coaching in their game against Philly on Sunday. And I have a few thoughts on this one. Mike McCarthy is 60 and I didn't know that you would still have an appendectomy at that age. I thought that was one of those things where you either get appendicitis by the time you're about 40 or you're in the clear. I didn't know that was something to be afraid of your entire life. So that was news to me. I learned, I learned some medical science this week. I didn't know that either. I thought it would either like rupture on you early. And I know it's excruciatingly painful for anybody who's ever gone through it. I have not, knock on wood. Um, 
But I do understand that the, you know, it's a pretty common procedure and the recovery is rather quick. And so I'm not surprised that he's talking about coaching a few days later, but I am with you on the surprise of how late in life relatively that can happen. I was shocked by the idea that he was going to coach in the game because it just felt unnecessary. Like what you, you can miss, well, you can miss a game over having surgery on your organs. I think it's okay. And they have Dan yeah. Quinn. Dan Quinn's our defensive coordinator. He's been a head coach before. He's very professional, very accomplished. I did have my appendix out, and I understand these people are just totally different than me. Not only are the athletes obviously different than we are in terms of how intense and competitive they are, but the coaches really are too. NFL or professional mm-hmm. sports coaches, they are so different than us. Because I would have I would have an appendectomy today and rule myself out of the next three games probably because I, and I did, I actually did. I had, I got, I had it, I had to get it out uh, 10 years ago or so. I was covering university of Florida men's basketball in the basketball tournament. And they were playing the first and second round in Omaha. And I woke up, didn't feel good. It was a different kind of don't feel good than I'd experienced before. I was like, seems like I better go to the hospital if I don't want to die. And they ended up advancing out oh, yeah. of Omaha to go to the next site, Phoenix or so something. Sweet 16. Yeah. And I was out. I was out, though. I, I missed the second round game in Omaha because I was at the hospital, obviously. And then I shut it down. I ended up staying in Omaha probably five more days, laid up in the hotel wow. before I even tried to fly home, let alone go to actual work. But it just seems unnecessary. It's a, it's, I know they're playing the Eagles. I know it's a big game, but it seems like the Cowboys could run fine for a week without Mike McCarthy. I mean, teams were having to do this in 2020 because of COVID tests. Yeah, I think that like when you talk about those athletes or those coaches, they just lean on whatever the doctors say. And so the doctors say like, hey, you're cleared or you won't risk further damage by going to do this. And they just go do this. Never mind that these doctors are also incentivized by getting all of the team's employees back as quickly as possible. They just, you know, they believe it. And, you know, I, I, I think Generally speaking, those doctors are right. And I don't, again, I, to the best of my understanding, and I defer to you, you've had it, I have not. Um, people have been able to to bounce back, you know, relatively fast as, as compared to other, you know, invasive operations. Mine, mine went as well as it could go. It was laparoscopic and it was not ruptured or anything. It was, it was the easiest way you could have it happen. And I would not have been up for standing up for three and a half hours on the NFL sideline five days later. But again, these people are different than us. Have you watched the procedure happen like Russ would? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Last week, Herb Russ, uh, in order to better under, in order to better understand the surgery that Aaron Rodgers had on his Achilles, Russ watched oh. a full length video of someone doing that surgery. And he, he was riveted by it. Some people are like that. Some people like all the science and they like learning all that. I, that's not for me. No. So I've, I've ruptured my Achilles. I've actually had it snap in half um, playing football and it wasn't fun. Like the recovery, the surgery, none of that it was the first surgery of my life. And when I woke up, my leg felt like it was on fire and I didn't understand why it hurt so bad. Like, why does this hurt so bad? And then, you know, you go through weeks or whatever of just like in a cast or boot. And it's like, then you're trying, then you start physical therapy. And that thing was so painful. 
every single day I had to go to PT, it was like I wanted to fight. And me and my physical therapist, and she was phenomenal. Like she was great and she did everything she could to get me back as close to, you know, pre-rupture as possible. But we did not get along every single day because she would ask me stupid stuff while she was putting me through excruciatingly painful things. Like, how do you feel? How's that? How's this? How's Lady, it hurts. Stop asking me that. Like, just do it because it has to be done and let's go. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't I don't have any desire to see anybody go through that surgery. I was glad. I mean, I was obviously knocked out for mine, but the scar doesn't look like it was fun. Uh, yeah, no. I'd never been to the hospital or had surgery before I, I had my appendectomy. And I was, I think, maybe mid to late 20s, maybe 25 to 7, somewhere in that range when this happened. And uh, so I was very apprehensive about going to the hospital to begin with. But I also was like, I don't think I want to die in this hotel. And after the surgery, which which is as minor of a surgery as you can have if it all goes well, I come to and I'm like way over dramatic about it. I'm asking the nurse, you know, am I ever going to walk again? And she's like, <laughs> yeah. You can walk right You're now. Gonna, sir. You, you could walk right now. Please uh, let us know when you finally pass gas, because that's a sign that everything's working right. And then she leaves. I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> so are, are you like that at home? Like, like, are you like a terrible sick husband? In what way? Like, like when you're sick, do you like super like bug your wife? Like, oh, I can't, babe. Babe, I can't. Babe, I can't. Uh, 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 like. I would say no, but my wife would but- emphatically say yes. So I think that's the answer. <laughs> That's probably the answer. Most men are I like think that. she I think, would I know. That's... I think she would know. I think she, like this is an area where I would defer to her. I would say you probably have the better perspective on this. Yeah, I think I think she knows better <laughs> than you. But I think that's true of most men. Like I don't know that we get we're not like that often. But when we are sick, we're like, oh, I can't do anything, babe. Like, <laughs> Herb, what did you make of the Eagles 49ers skirmish on the sideline during that game between? Dre Greenlaw and Philadelphia's head of security. Uh, why am I blanking on this guy's name? Bo something? Mo something? Dom. Dom DeSandro. Dom. No. Yeah, I didn't. I, what I instantly thought of was was Tarpy, who was the head of the Bear <laughs> security. Like, so that's instantly who I thought of. And Dre Greenlaw is a ferocious linebacker in the National Football League. He's one of the hardest hitters in the football in the National Football League. He does not want any smoke with Tarpy. That was the first thing I thought. I was like, because Tarpy, whom I absolutely love, I admire the guy. Um, don't need to go into it, but I watched him save somebody's life. And it was like, I just, I, I love that guy. He's a super, super, super nice guy. But I know for sure he knows 10,000 ways to kill you with his bare hands. And I don't think Drake Greenlaw does. And so I was like, "Yeah, you just sit this one out, bro. Just sit it out." Like I, I don't know, the, I don't know the Dom guy, and I'm. But if he, if he's security for the Eagles on that sideline, he probably knows his way around a scuffle. Like, keep it moving, Dre Greenlaw. Go back over there. You know what I mean? Like, go back over. Don't let these weights and physique and shoulder pads fool you. That dude will kill you. And go have a sandwich. Like, it's not even a problem for him. Like, yeah, whatever. So. I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, if he if he's the running back or quarterback, he should be concerned about you. If he's, you know, security for an NFL franchise, a billion dollar franchise, you should probably 
go ahead back to your sideline. So I didn't I didn't think much of it. I didn't know what Dre Greenlaw was doing. Like he was doing something with his hand that kind of seemed like a that gun. It was that part of it was weird. I, I still weird. To, I still days later don't know what that motion he was making or trying yeah. to make, but I don't understand why the security guy is in the middle of that to begin with. That's True. not your job. That's job. somebody who is getting way too caught up in this idea that I'm part of the team and we're going to war and I got to be in the middle of like the, you're not there to protect the players from other players. Not like you're there to make sure some crazy fan doesn't come running out on the field. Top flight security of the world, Craig. Um, Yeah, no, you should not. He should not have engaged in that. It's not his job. There are lots of things in place to ensure player safety whilst they're on the field from other players. Like, you know what I mean? Those, those guys in the zebra shirts, they got this. They can handle it, right? They've been doing this for 100 years. They can figure this out. They don't need the team security to come from the sideline to get in between this. That's he was he was out of he was out of pocket for that. Still, Dre Greenlaw doesn't probably want any smoke with that man. And I've seen too much of this though, man. I've seen too much of like of strength coach types and security guard types. Those dudes are crazy. And there's plenty of them that are not like this that I've known, but I've seen too many of them where I, I saw the strength coach at Florida when I covered University of Florida was this guy named Jeff Dillman. And I remember covering a Florida-Georgia game. That's a huge rivalry, and they oh, play yeah. in Jacksonville every year. At the old cocktail and party, they used to call it. Those teams, Florida and Georgia, Florida and Florida State, Florida and Tennessee, there's oftentimes some kind of pregame warm-up scuffle. Mm-hmm. And all the staff has to get involved to separate it. I, I see the strength coach, the strength coordinator, Jeff Dillman, run in there, and he's fighting alongside the Florida players. He's shoving a Georgia oh, player out of the way. Like that's that's not diffusing a situation. That's not no. being the cool-headed outside adult stepping into the middle of heat-of-the-moment athletes getting at each other and diffusing. So I that's that's where this immediately struck a nerve for me of what what is he doing? What is he doing in the middle of this? He's there to help Nick Sirianni safely get from the sideline to the locker room. And that's about it. He's there to help kind of lead block, be the fullback for that post game, you know, right. help him get to the uh, to the opposing coach, to Kyle Shanahan, and shake hands, maybe talk to Brock Purdy, maybe talk to some of his right. former players, and then get to the tunnel safely. Get that's out of your there. job. You, you, no one needs you to protect them from another player on the field. Some people take themselves way too seriously. And in the case of, like, that strength – coach that you were talking about like all those dudes who like don't look like me and campy like those dudes are like trying to like relive or or not even relive they're trying to live out some athletic fantasy that never took place for them and that motivates them every single day of their lives that's why they look that way if you are not i don't know a professional athlete or i don't know maybe a bodybuilder or whatever there's no reason for you to be built like that sir cool out (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? But they get so, they get so amped up. And it's like, dude, you are a grown man. These are children. Then they're, they're fighting with each other. Like, stop the kids from fighting and then be cool. But they be so on charge. And it's like, y'all strength coaches need to read. Like, every strength coach I've ever known in my life was just like over the top. You just look at them sometimes like, are you okay? Like, you about to hyperventilate? Like, calm down. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. You know, in the weight room, you get the most out of the athletes. 
cool. But if you can't turn that off, it's unhealthy. And I think the same thing of security guards. It doesn't matter if you work for the Eagles or if you like work at like Walmart. Like, hey, 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 relax. Okay. You don't need to start a fight <laughs> about whether or not you got to somebody, you know, highlighted this receipt on my way out the door. Calm down, keep your flashlight in your tool belt and take it easy. <laughs> take it easy. You know what I mean? Walmart's not paying you enough for this. Like, do your job. Thank you for keeping us safe and holding it down. But let's not let's not go over the top with this thing, man. Let's not let's not do that. The last thing I want to get to is Mike McDaniel. And this isn't even remarkable or noteworthy about Mike McDaniel. This is just another Tuesday for Mike McDaniel. This is all from one press conference from Mike McDaniel. He was giving an injury report, I think, about his offensive lineman, and he was kind of imitating the reporters sending out tweets. He's up at the podium. He's like, he's going to send out three tweets for every one tweet you send out. He doesn't even care about spelling errors. He's just going like this, enjoying himself. He was asked about his time with the uh, commanders, and he was launched into this tangent about stink bugs and how he didn't know what that was till he got to Virginia. And he said, you know, when you get there, you see that they are what they're named. If you step on one, it breaks it and smells. And he also addressed a, this is all in one press conference. This is just a normal day for Mike McDaniel with the media. And I love that he shows that this can, this is okay. You can be a normal human, human being. You can be yourself. You can joke around. You don't have to act like you're leading some military into battle and you can be very successful, which he has been. Mike McDaniel was asked about a story that Al Michaels told during their Black Friday game. I don't know if you heard about mm -hmm. this, Herb. We cannot oh, play yeah, the yeah. clip. We cannot play the clip of Al Michaels talking. I'll have to summarize that for you because that's Amazon's property. But we can play the clip of Mike McDaniel correcting the record a little bit at his press conference. And by the way, these oh. are the things you talk about when things are going well. These are the kind of funny, right. hilarious topics you get into when you're nine and three. When you drop 40 every week. Three and nine, right. <laughs> so Al Michaels was telling this story. He said that in their pre-game meeting or, or day before meeting or whatever with Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel had been an assistant coach for the Sacramento Mountain Lions, which I'm not even sure what league that's in. And know, Al CFL, Michaels said – something. Tell, well, it's not the CFL because Sacramento's in America, but – yeah, One of your other it. guesses might be right. It's the California Football League. Al Michaels, great question. Asked him, hey, tell me a Sacramento Mountain Lions story. And so as Al Michaels tells it, they win big. Mike McDaniel is the running backs coach or something on that team. They win a big game over somebody. They go out, the coaches and the players, to party afterward. And McDaniel sees one of his players dancing with an attractive woman. McDaniel goes over to him, says, you stop dancing with her or you're off the team. This is Al Michaels' rendition of this. And then Al Mi and then McDaniel uh, dances with that woman instead, and that woman later becomes his wife, and now they have a daughter, and that that's his family. Mike McDaniel was asked about that story and how accurate it was. Right. Here's how he responded. Friday on the broadcast, they told the story about how you and your wife met. I felt there were some gaps in that story, and I was curious no. if you could possibly fill in those gaps for us. Absolutely, I would. I would love to. I, this was uh, this is news to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, the the I would say the uh, skeleton of the story is correct. 
Um, but uh, there's a couple important caveats. First of all, um, the, the, the perceived threat that I made to a player uh, about, um, was, uh, was over, over the top a joke, um, considering both he and I knew that as a running back coach, I had no, uh, I had no ability to say if he was there or not. Um, it was more in jest. Um, and then second of all, uh, you know, my wife was telling me that people are talking about me stealing people's girls. The, the dude had met her for 45 seconds. So, like, I mean, I kind of did, but I mean, no, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was a light heart. It was a um, very unique scenario, I think, of, uh, uh, it was a special place in our memories, but I, I don't think it was, um, I, I, I was, I don't know, it was, I wasn't nearly the, I feel like I was painted out to be kind of a, 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 a D-bag. And it wasn't like that at all. It was, it was all, it was all niceties. We were celebrating as a team, and um, it was something that I, I think Stephen Barkley, the, the player that was dancing with her, was well aware when I when I made that joke and jest that it was more important to me than it was to him. So, and I th I'm pretty sure I was right, right? I mean, I have a family now. Like, good decision. One or over? Clearly, it had nothing to do with anything. It wasn't my my uh, physical disposition, I promise you that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a cool lightheaded story that I th uh, that I felt like took a turn. So I appreciate you following up. Uh, so, like, yikes! <laughs> First of I all, Mike McDaniel is curb, is don't, dirt don't a bad this? word? Don't is what a bad word? Dirt. He's like I I felt like they made me out to be a d bag. Like isn't it dirt bag? Like it's not. No, it's not penis bag, right? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll go. I've never this heard. I've never heard it. So when he says d bag, I've never heard it used as that term. I've only heard it as dirt bag. Is that something that people say? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Is that a bad? You've word? really never heard the word. No, I have, but I don't think that's. Is, is that a bad word? Thing? Is that something you can't say at a podium? You thought the whole time it was. No, I knew it wasn't. That's I assume that's what he was saying. I know, <laughs> but is that something that you can't say at a podium? Uh, I don't know. I think I think Mike McDaniel for at, at different points forgets he's at a press conference, and then kind of at other points kind of remembers. Oh yeah, I'm in a, I'm the public face and voice of the organization. Maybe I'll clean up the language on this a little bit. Yeah, dirtbag. Those are the ones I've heard. But when he said D-bag, like, do they use that other word for that? I, I don't. I didn't think so. But okay, cool. Well, now, now you know. My question to you is: Don't you wish you had this in your life? Don't you yes. wish, whether you cover football or oh. follow football, don't you wish this guy coached your team? Don't you wish the press conferences were so must see TV for reasons like this? Pause. The fun I could have with Mike McDaniel. I wish I covered his team. Like, like, like it was like it's so much fun. It's so refreshing, and like he's just a person, and he's confident in who he is, and he has his own swag, and he marches to the beat of his own drum. He doesn't take everything so serious. And he doesn't think that his job is on the line for every single question that's asked at a press conference. And he doesn't have to blow smoke about every single thing. It's like, okay, yeah, I was kind of. I mean, I did say that to you, but I thought you understood that I was joking with my running back. The the like he the, the running back understood it was a joke. Like, 
it wasn't that deep and clearly it worked out for me we have a child which infers some things like things have gone well for us right like like relax this is the thing and i don't i don't know if y'all have if y'all know this because i know we talked a little bit offline about the show the mid-season hard knock show and i have not seen any of it yet yeah but if you had you would know that the swag that we're talking about with mike mcdaniels he's a brother you didn't know that mike mcdaniels was a brother did you what is it what do you mean that he's that he's black there you go yeah i know Mike, that he's biracial you know that yeah because i didn't know that until i saw the clip of him saying that i had no idea nor would <laughs> i've ever suspected that he was all right well now you know like i see him i see him i see him rocking his off-white air ones on the sideline and i see him rolling up his leg his pant legs and all that stuff <laughs> but i had no idea that was his father's side i did not know that what i love so much about what he does is that he is a unique personality and I bet more of these coaches are unique, but they don't show that they are like, I have to fit into this box as head coach. I have to present as this way as a head coach. And Mike McDaniel doesn't do any of that. And I think that's part of why he's successful, why people like him and why players like playing for him. And man, I'll tell you, if your team that you follow is one of these legacy franchises, yeah, you're never going to have that. That guy mm. is not getting a sniff. With the Bears, Packers, Steelers, Giants. I don't know. Mike Tomlin's pretty regular. You are are not getting Mike McDaniel as your coach ever. I agree with you. But, like, Mike Tomlin's pretty a regular dude. He's pretty chill. I I mean, I think think his his nature is more militaristic, so it's not necessarily He's a classic football coach. Yeah, he he is. Yeah, but, but, like, at his press conference, he still likes to relax and willing to talk to you. Right. He's not so guarded to the point where it's like, oh, I'm scared to say anything or even like the way these lines, Dan Campbell. Right. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago, he does something in a game. And then later on that week or maybe right after the game, he's like, yeah, I screwed that up. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have put the guys in that position. That was my bad. I messed that up. It's like, how hard is that to do? Like, how hard is it to yeah. just say yeah. I messed up? I If I could do this again. I would do something else and never, at least in the, in, the, in the brief time that I've been covering the Bears, have I heard the coach come out and say, yeah, I probably should have done something else. They're always like, no, I did the exact right thing. It's like everybody thinks you did. Everybody thinks you didn't. But you think you did? We, we went through a week of that a few years ago with Matt Nagy where they had missed a game-winning field goal. And one of the mishaps leading up to it was they had the opportunity to set the ball wherever they wanted between the hash marks. They had the plays, the timeouts. They could take a knee and kind of move the ball over to where the Mm -hmm. kicker wanted it. And somebody dropped the ball on that. Somebody blanked out and didn't do it. And we never got that told to us directly. We went through four days of questioning and nobody saying, hey, we, we messed it up. We didn't think of that. Instead, what we got at every turn was, well, it's a 43 yard kick, make the kick. Like, okay. All right. But, you know, in a game of inches, if you could move it a few more inches or a few yards one way or the other that the guy prefers, do that. I love every time you see something like Mike McDaniel, Steve Kerr, Mm -hmm. that whole organization, the Warriors, Greg Popovich. You see people do things differently. You see them be the way they are, and it works. These press conferences would be looked at as a negative by the legacy franchises in any sport. This isn't hurting them on Sundays. 
This is still one of the greatest offensive minds in the game. This is still a team that at nine and three has a chance to go to the Super Bowl this year. They do. This press conference and the hundreds other that Mike McDaniel does like them are not hurting him whatsoever. I always wanted to meet Mike McDaniel. I used to cover the Dolphins, and uh, that was before he got there, before Brian Flores got there. I never wanted to meet Brian Flores based on what I heard. I still have a lot of team, a lot of people, uh, a lot of friends that cover the Dolphins, and they said, boy, if Flores goes to the Bears because he was a candidate and I cover the Bears, uh, you're Uh-oh. not going to like that. But they, they've said for two years now they've been telling me, oh, you would have loved Mike McDaniel. Man, you would have loved cover. This would have been right in your wheelhouse, like exactly your kind of guy. And so I finally met him this year at the owners' meetings. I finally was like, these guys have all been telling me this. I gotta meet. I gotta just meet the guy. Not. Yeah. I don't need to interview him. I have almost no reason to talk to him from a professional standpoint. I just like what he does. I gotta see if I can meet this guy when we're out in Arizona. And it just so happened that I did. At the hotel, he was like at the hotel sports bar, during, uh, having lunch with some of the other Dolphins executives, and some of those guys have been there long enough that I, they were there when I covered them. And so I just went up to their table and I and I asked him. I said, "Hey, Mike, can I can I talk to you for a minute? I don't want to interview you. I just wanted to get to meet you for a minute. Are you busy?" And he's eating, and he goes, "I'm busy with these fries." <laughs> <laughs> he's like the same guy you see and so he's he's like no i can talk let's talk and so we we're just chatting for a little bit and i was you know we were kind of comparing histories talking about people he's worked with that i've covered people that we you know knowing that we mutual yeah. acquaintances and things like that you know just small talk i just wanted to meet the guy and uh he was asking me about he's like so you so you were covered you were living in miami and covering our team and you moved to chicago and I was like, well, yeah, I got a lot of family up there. And he goes, that's a dumb <laughs> reason. <laughs> He's oh, just every, God. he was everything in that, in this five minute interaction that I'd, that you've seen on TV and that you'd hope that a Mike McDaniel experience would be like just a, just the most normal guy, quick witted, enjoyable. You, you would, you would like Mike McDaniel, even if he didn't coach in the NFL and it's good to see somebody like that win so that everybody else can see it can be done this way too Herb let's do the news let's do it what what's your opinion I don't think we've had you weigh in on this yet of the non-stop Taylor Swift NFL combination in your face all the time since probably about week three yeah, I think that they, it, it's definitely NFL orchestrated, you know, trying to bring her in. Then I saw later that she had some type of, you know, official business dealings with them. And I think that Travis Kelsey has just been all too willing to be a pawn in this game. Like, oh, that's fine. I'm dating. I'm dating Taylor Swift. Cool. No problem. I'm with it. And the first time when it was first coming up, like we were going to Kansas City. Right. Like we were like it happened that week or whatever, or maybe the week before. And then we were all going to Kansas City and everybody spent the whole entire week like, I wonder if Taylor Swift is going to be there. I wonder if Taylor Swift is going to be there. And we got there and certainly she was there. And I remember being in the tunnel after the game and everybody's like just standing around, like looking weird. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like not like not in the locker room, outside the locker room. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, no, Taylor Swift's going to come. I'm like, what? 
and Jerry Payton, it's my guy, but I'm like, wait, what? So he gets this video, and he's like, I got the video of Jerry uh, of, of 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 Taylor Swift, and I was like, so, <laughs> and then and then and then they run then it on like ESPN around the world constantly. Right. Yeah, and it goes everywhere. And he's like, they didn't even give him my credit for it. I'm like, that's bogus. They should have gave you your credit for it because you were definitely excited about it. I, I don't, whatever. You know, shout out to Taylor Swift and all of her success. I like this idea that she she's a phenomenal singer or performer and she's been wildly successful and I salute that. But this idea that she's like super gorgeous or something, like, no, she's not. She's extra rego, like extra rego. Like, I'm not excited about her. She's had a phenomenal career. She might be the most famous person in the world right now. For real, for real. Time person of the year. I was going to get to that. Yeah. She, you don't, I don't know what's real and what's not. See, this is kind of some of my hangups here is there are a lot of celebrities that I love their work, whether they're actors, athletes, musicians, love their work, but I'm not on board with celebrity worship and stuff like that. I am no, not that stuff. In, in all of, in awe of these people. I wouldn't be like, as Taylor Swift walks by, oh my goodness, maybe I could get a selfie with her or something like that. I don't, I don't really care. No, uh, I, I don't begrudge her her success. No, not and at all. if she's romantically involved with Travis Kelsey, whatever, who cares? Cool. This is business, though, to me. Like I, this is all over the place all the time. These are two giant businesses. Taylor Swift is on a tra- Taylor Swift is on a tour right now, where. She's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, she paid the guys that drive industry. the trucks. She paid the guys that drive the trucks $100,000 bonuses for the tour. Bonuses. I think I saw she's going to make $100 million this year just off Spotify. She's a business. Like there is a whole economy and ecosystem of people whose jobs are part of the, that Taylor Swift company that make their money based on her success. And she makes her money based on her success. You also have the NFL, same thing, gigantic business. And they both have made each other more popular. Like she has gotten exposure on the most watched television program in America, which is whatever the next NFL game is. And she has gotten access to that fan base that probably a lot of them maybe weren't that interested. And Mm -hmm. she's brought fan, fan, her fan base over to, you have all these, People watching football games only for that. So this all seems to me like business. And there's just, I know that there are cameras everywhere because everyone has a phone, but all of this seems so well, the cinematography is great on all this, whether it's Jared Payton or whether it's done by somebody in-house for them. Travis Kelsey is standing right off stage at her concert during the bye week. Why? She's not on the sideline next to Andy Reid. No, go sit down. If you're going to go to a concert, go sit down. You're at her concert. No problem. Go so she was, sit down. <laughs> she was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year, which I don't know what the criteria is. I don't know if she performed some life-saving surgeries that we don't know about. or <laughs> I suspect that's business, too. I suspect that people at Time Magazine were like, how can we remind people that there's still a Time Magazine? Well, if we name Taylor, Taylor Swift Person of the Year, we could probably get an interview with her. Like, that's probably... How this went. A couple of things that she said in there, Herb. One, she said she has nothing to do with how often they show her on NFL broadcasts. She said she has no idea whether whether they show her or not. Quote, I'm just there to support Travis. I have no awareness of if I'm being shown too much. And if I'm pissing off a few dads, brads, 
and chads, which sounds like a line that got workshopped before the interview. That is the line that got workshopped, and she's lying. Like, like they, they always catch her, and as soon as they catch her, she's like hugging Mama Kelsey, and it's like, can we just relax with this? Like, there's like cool out man like everybody who gets on those tv things they know when they are whether they show like the gm and ryan poles whatever and he's got it on his headsets and there's a tv in those things like oh they're you're on the screen you're on the screen and then he's like oh okay like you know <laughs> when you're on those things like you know what i mean and so she absolutely knows it's been a, a well-orchestrated plan to your point it's benefited both parties like stop stop acting like it's something other than what it is like they aren't going to be happily ever after i don't believe that like like and if they are whatever but i doubt it like who cares this is this has been good business wise for travis kelsey by the way oh 100 i mean travis kelsey is in everything now and, and he was doing okay before like he was do, yeah. had a good career he had his reality show he hosted saturday night live that all happened before but now he is on tv for doritos and the pfizer vaccine and i think maybe one everything. of the car companies yeah He's you got state farm again it's worked for him. It's worked very, very well for him. I think he's benefited from it for sure. I mean, he's, you know, arguably the best tight end in the game. He'll probably be a first battle Hall of Famer. Cool, 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 cool. But outside of football realms, you can't just walk up to a random person on the street and be like, yo, Travis Kelsey. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know exactly who that is. I know what he looks like. I could pick him out of a lineup. Now you can. Now you can. Well, it's going to be bad news for him when he drops a big pass or something. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, this, I, is this is it ruining football? Is it ruining the viewing experience? If you're watching a game, I ha, I don't think I've watched a game, and I don't get to watch that much because I'm usually at work covering a Bears game. But I don't think I've watched an entire Chiefs game where she's been at the game to get the experience of of the dads, Chads, and Brads, as she said. Like, is this is this ruining it? Because Tony was impersonating when this first started. Tony was impersonating the angry people, mad about this. I, I'm trying to watch my football, and I got this Taylor Shrift. And I, is that what's really happening? When you watch, when you turn into Chiefs Packers, I only saw the the fourth quarter of that game. So if you watch the whole game last week, is it too much Taylor Swift? Is it, or is it just like? They flipped to her. They they cut to her, and then they cut back to the game. Who cares? And actually, they they got they've gotten better with it. They didn't show her until they were heading to the after first quarter break in that oh. game. So they waited because that now is that a you, prop bet now? It should be. It's got to be. Don't you think? I'm sure it bet. is. I bet somewhere it is. But uh, I'm sure it's a prop bet. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sure. But like, I think it also probably coincided those first couple games were Chiefs Bears and chiefs jets i believe so they were going to show her probably a Big good markets. amount and then the bears game was awful the didn't the jets end up winning that game or the chiefs it was a close game but I think they it was were, a, a, kind of an ugly win for the chiefs over the jets yeah so that one they probably were in overdrive and hadn't realized where that restrictor plate needed to be and that jets game might have done it a little bit where it's like hey there is actually a football game going on here Bears Chiefs was not that, so you might as well show her a ton. Bears Chiefs was not that. That game was over so early. I think I spent the fourth quarter like somewhere other than working. Like I like, <laughs> like I had friends down there in Kansas City, and I think I went and found them in the stands. Like, yo, I just came to say what's up to y'all. This game is done. I don't need a single other note on this game. So yeah, I can I, I understand why they kept showing her there, but it, it, either way, it's just like Whatever. All right. Congratulations on all of your success. I don't want to 
be hating on her or nothing. Like she's she's dope. Shout out to her for for being everything she is as a entertainer. But this merger with the NFL thing, it's like the second NFL merger. That's what this is. They're gonna start talking about this <laughs> like that, like like since the merger. <laughs> she had another quote in this Time magazine piece that said, "Quote: Football is awesome. It turns out I've been missing out my whole life." And I do think that's because she's dating the tight end of the Chiefs, not the Bears. Yes. Um, if she was she dating were... the tight end for like the Bears, the Giants, the Panthers. I don't think she'd be surprised by. I don't think she, there would be this big revelation about how awesome football is. She's like, so what do you guys do again? Right. <laughs> you get, you get. So is this soccer? You guys kick the ball four times. Is this is this soccer? Like, I don't is she going to turn on Matt Nagy at some point? Is that going to be Ooh. the next storyline? I could see that. I could see that. Herb, a Florida man named Tim Hogue was suspected of, of being a serial car burglar and was caught after a, a high-speed chase gone bad, which don't they all? Right. I've never heard of a high-speed chase gone good that worked no. out for no. the guy doing the uh, trying to do the, uh, the evading. Uh, Timmy was trying to outrace the Polk County, Florida sheriffs when he slammed into a parked car. In his booking mugshot, Tim Hogue has a neck tattoo that reads, all gas, no brakes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he is true to form. True to form. Shout out to him. Spelled I, correctly. Spelled correctly, which is a win for the Florida man. Um, that is hilarious. Like, I know you're right. Nobody wins those high-speed chases. I guess maybe the ones we don't hear about, maybe they won. But if you if we hear about them, it didn't go well. Like, <laughs> if we know about them. Make the news. It didn't. We know who won. Did not end well, right? right. So all, all I do every time I see like somebody like speeding and it seems like like they're running from somebody or they're just super out of control, all I can do is take a quick second and say a quick prayer for everyone that they may encounter, right? And then I'll throw a backup prayer for them too. But most importantly, everybody they're going to encounter, pedestrians and motorists alike, it's a quick prayer for them that they don't you know harm anybody else. But all brakes, no gas. He should have. All I mean, gas, all gas, no brakes. No yeah. no, no your way would have been a little safer. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a little safer. It doesn't have to be all or sooner. nothing for any of it. It could. I, I was thinking of getting one that's like sometimes I use the gas in a reasonable manner and I hit the brakes <laughs> with enough stop time in the car in front of me. But that would get pretty long. There you go. That would get pretty long. And neck tattoos are painful. I I, I have one. Uh, it's not. It's not all gas, no brakes. Um, it's mine says carpe diem. Uh, seize the day, which maybe that guy was also trying to do uh, his last day, apparently, um, as a free man, at least. And um, Florida, man, you got to give it up for Florida. You got to give it up for Florida. Your high speed chase ending with you crashing into a parked car feels like an unforced error. That unforced one's on you. Unforced error. Finally, well, you got to grow. And Rick, uh, people continue to maybe not understand, at least to my liking, uh, how to deal with wild animals. I don't think this is that profound of an observation by me. I don't think they like being in captivity. I don't feel like that was what they were made to do. Handlers in Canada were transporting a kangaroo last week when they Mm. stopped for a rest at a zoo. You can't just, you know, if you've ever been on the interstate or the turnpike or something like that, you stop at a truck stop to go to the bathroom or walk your dog. You can't do that with a kangaroo. When you stop with the kangaroo for, you know, for it to go to the bathroom and you defeat it and whatever, sleep for the night, it's got to be at a zoo. You can't just roll into the Hampton Inn. And be like, is this pet friendly? Is this pet friendly? <laughs> so during the stop, as the handlers were unloading, and this was not some you know, roadside petting zoo. These were actual 
zoo handlers, from what I understood. As they were unloading the kangaroo at this zoo that they were going to stay at for the night with the proper facilities in place, the kangaroo jumped over their heads and escaped. Yeah. So a kangaroo was on the loose for four days in Canada. This is a story from the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Channel. And this is Canada in winter, buddy. This is worse than Chicago, Michigan, New York. This is Canadian winter. This thing's out in a snowstorm. The police are being flooded with calls and photo and social media is flooded with photos. Everyone's seeing the kangaroo. Imagine, like, you probably don't believe it when you see it. You probably, is that a bear? Is that a, that's a kangaroo? It's a kangaroo sighting, like where it shouldn't be? No. And have you ever seen those things? They are ripped, like, they're super very small. strong. They yeah, are that's, bags. And, and that, <laughs> That observation of yours foreshadows a little bit of where this was headed. So they did catch this this kangaroo, and I didn't know this before reading the article. The way that you catch a kangaroo in this scenario, a kangaroo that you need to trap, is mm-hmm. by the tail, which I am shocked because I would imagine their tail is very strong and could hurt you. But what you need to do nope. is get a hold of the tail nope. when you catch this. So the police did that after four days of this thing being loose in the Toronto suburbs, they caught it by the tail. But in the process of that, one of the officers did get punched in the face by the by the kangaroo. And probably needs reconstructive facial surgery. Those things are tough. The kangaroo is now in proper zoo care in Quebec. Those things are super strong and they stand up on their legs and they just have these huge like pecs and they're like shoulders and they're just brawny and super strong. And as an unsuspecting civilian to see one of them somewhere other than where you might expect to possibly encounter one is crazy. Like, and who do you call? Because if I'm the dispatcher or I am the police officer who receives the call from the dispatcher, why are you calling me? Like what you call me for? Are you know what I'm saying? Like, did you did you hear what you just said? There is a kangaroo, a wild kangaroo, out on. The, like, why are you calling me? I write people tickets and arrest the occasional, you know, misbehavior. Why are you calling me? No, get somebody else out here. Get somebody else to do it. I think of some kid is like playing in a living room or something and sees this thing hop by, runs to a parent and is like, "Mom." I just saw a kangaroo go through the yard. Now you put your kid on punishment for three months because he's lying. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I always, when I hear these stories, I always think of it as how it would be, how it would be portrayed from the animal population's perspective. This kangaroo is a hero. This is like the Jason Bourne of kangaroos. They're Mm -hmm. celebrating this. They're making a movie about the kangaroo that was biding its time for this rest stop, for this stop where they're going to stay overnight at a zoo. And he's just waiting, waiting, waiting. And as soon as they open the gate to the truck, jumps over the people. That prison had, break show? And had That's the him. four yeah. best days of his life. He didn't care that it was snowing. He was free. He loved it. No. And then he got to punch oh. a cop in the face. He probably All liked that. No he got to punch a cop what, in the face. Right. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. It's so good. And, Kevin, you are so right. Like, they probably that kid would probably get committed. Like, yes. a kid spends... 
a kid spends his whole adolescence like in a facility because he can't stop telling people this true story of seeing a kangaroo hop by somewhere where the kangaroo shouldn't have been. They're like, you got to stop telling that story. You're making it up, Johnny. Johnny's like, no, I saw it. Mm-hmm. Right. Commit it's like, a, it's like the Santa Claus. <laughs> the, the, the kid keeps telling everybody that his dad is Santa. Right. And it's like, no, this is actually the case. Dang. Poor Johnny. That's the news. Sports Jason is brought to you, as always, by Sheets and Giggles. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and get this offer they're running through all of December. Buy one, get one half off. So go on there, buy whatever you want, buy something else, and you'll get half price on that. So you can get someone a Christmas gift and you can get a sheet set for yourself. I highly recommend the sheet set. It's their classic. It's their best-selling product, uh, 100% eucalyptus, silky smooth sheets. Um, just very, very, they look good. They're durable. They're soft. You're going to love that. They've got other stuff on there too. They've got the pillow. The pillow's great. Uh, their mattress is great. They've got the throw blanket. They've got these cotton eucalyptus hybrid sheets, uh, flannels. If that's what you're into a lot over there to look at and some, a really good Christmas idea, Christmas gift idea, go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S a sports. Jason is also brought to you by bet MGM. You can go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app. Use our promo code ADJACENT1000 and get this offer. Your first bet with BetMGM gets paid back in free future betting credits up to $1,500 if you don't win. You can bet on everything over there, college, pro football, basketball, hockey. Uh, You can bet futures over there. Just use promo code ADJACENT1000 and your first bet with them will be paid back in free future betting credits up to $1,500 if you don't win. Bet MGM, the king of sports books. Herb Howard, it is always good to have you here, man. You are a, an excellent regular on our show and another phenomenal performance by you today. Absolute honor and a pleasure. Thank you so very, very much for having me. Thanks to Herb. Thanks to Rick Camp. Uh, continues to do an awesome job filling in for Tony Gill. We will be back with you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. <laughs>